Good morning, friends. I'm used to having a bumper to give me some time to get up here. <laughs> I may not have a bumper, but I definitely have a bump. So thank you for being patient. <clears throat> um, Happy New Year. Wow, can you believe it? I was one of those people at the end of 2021 that was like, okay, let's get this over with. Let's get 2021 going. It was a very long year, but it also felt like it just flew by. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're sort of in limbo before we start an official, official sermon series. So I'm going to teach this week on a, a very familiar scripture. And next week, we're so blessed, we're going to have Will Parton speaking with us. Um, so that's going to be great to, to get to hear and talk to Will. But today, um, I've kind of labeled this or um, titled this sermon, Therefore. And we're going to really dig into this beautiful word um, and what it means for us, specifically from the scripture that we're going to talk about today, which is a familiar one. It's one most of us probably know, um, but it's from uh, Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20. Hear the word of Lord this morning. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So the scripture is, of course, known as the Great Commission. And while it's very familiar, I think a lot of times people read it and then go, oh, phew. I'm thankful that doesn't apply to me. That applies to those people who are called to be missionaries, to go way over yonder and do that kind of work. Or for the people who are called to be pastors, much like myself. So they read this and they sort of dismiss it. They look over it, sort of with a gratitude. God, thank you. But that wasn't to me. That was for the disciples and for those specially called people. But since it's been 2021 and we're so gung-ho about 2022 I thought this would be a good opportunity at the beginning of the year to take some time to reflect I'm all about reflecting even though I don't much like doing it myself I like to create space so that I'll do it and we can all do it together it holds me accountable and we can all be accountable in that so to kind of warm us up before we do that real reflection time I want to get our bones warm get our minds warm here and ask a first reflection question of what if Jesus meant for you to go and make disciples. What if Jesus meant for you to go and make disciples? Now, I hope a lot of you are looking at me like this. Pastor has lost her mind. What is she talking about? Well, get ready for the best ever point of any sermon ever written. He did. I mean, this was so easy. Okay, we can all go home now. We know what Jesus meant. We know Jesus meant to call us. But he does. Not only did he call those disciples during that time with them at this space in Scripture, but he does mean for you to go and make disciples. And to emphasize this, I want to do a little practice today. It's something I'll do every now and again when I'm really struggling myself with my own doubt, struggling to believe God and to believe his word was meant for me to hear and live out. And so I want us to read this scripture together, and I want us to insert our name. So when, when I have this underlined part, I want you to say your name. I want you to say this out loud. 
so that we can really emphasize and hear that God is speaking directly to us through this word. All right, so let's read it together with our names inserted. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, Ashley, and make disciples of all nations. Ashley, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And Ashley, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, Ashley, I am with you always to the end of the age. That always helps me have a little deeper conviction than I have before. It makes it real and more personal. And that's exactly what God's Word is. It's personal. It's written for you. It's written for me. It's like a nice hit over the head whenever we need it. When we need to really wake up to what God is trying to tell us and what God is trying to show us. And so, speaking of being hit over the head, let's reflect on 2021. I think we can all agree it was a rough year. We had all made it through 2020. We thought 2021 going to be great. And it was not great. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough for a lot of folks. And so I think, you know, you saw the memes where it was like, go quietly into 2021. Nobody claim it as your year. It's been even more so that with 2022. Like, nobody say anything about it. <laughs> like, just let it happen. Go quietly. Don't cause any kind of ruckus. But I really want us to reflect on our progress as disciples. How did we do in 2021? Did we grow in our journey closer to God? Did we serve in his kingdom? Did we participate? Did we join in in the great work that he's doing? And that's what it's all about. It's not about perfection. We're not going to be perfect. He, he tells us that. You're not going to be perfect. But it is about taking that one step towards God and growing more Christ-like in all that we do. So I want us to take some time to look at these questions. You can, you can actually reflect and type in the app. There is a space for there um, in the sermon notes. Please use that today. I want this to be an intentional time where you visit each one of these questions and you reflect with God how you progressed as a disciple, as a person of God who has accepted his deep love for us and how we are living that love out. So how regularly did I create space to spend in God's presence? What spiritual discipline or disciplines work to draw me closer to God? And this is just an example of a few. This is not exhaustive. Prayer, fasting, scripture, relationship, worship, repentance, serving. Did I allow God to push me outside of my comfort zone in the following areas? Serving, giving, witness and testimony and worship. Did I surrender an area of my life to God for growth? And again, this list isn't exhaustive, but a few examples. Worry, anxiety, addiction, impatience, perfectionism, etc. So let's take these next few moments, be intentional with God, and reflect on these questions of how you progressed as a disciple in 2021.
was that? It's never easy examining ourselves, <clears throat> especially when we are trying to look at progress or we're trying to kind of hold ourselves to where we think we should be. And it, it's hard to do that, but it's something we need to do. If you've ever been through Celebrate Recovery, you know this is something that they tell you to do every single day. Examine yourselves every single day. Open your heart up to God. Let him show you how you've progressed, well, where you may have messed up a little bit, where he's trying to help you, where he's trying to lift you up. But I tell you, friends, it's so important to do this because we, we can't truly know where we're going unless we look to see where we've been. We've got to always look back a little bit. We don't have to dwell there. We don't have to live there. We don't have to allow that to control us. But it is so important for us to know where we've been so that we have a better idea of where we're going, of where we want to go. So these questions are a great way to reflect not only at the end of the year, but to do these every day. If this isn't a practice for you, start with these questions. How is God calling you into deeper relationship with him? And he'll reveal that to you once we create that space and allow him to speak to us. But I don't want to beat you up. I don't want you to beat yourselves up. I want to dig into a part of the Great Commission that we don't typically look at. I want to talk about these couple of sentences and verses before we get to that Great Commission. Where Matthew says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw, the, saw him, they worshipped him. But what did some of them do? They doubted. Some doubted. Now I want to start with this eleven. Now, up to this point, even when we still talk about the disciples, what number do we use? We use 12. 12. That was who he called. That, that number 12 was who he handpicked to follow him. But Jesus had died on the cross. We had seen the betrayal by Judas. He is now resurrected, and he is sending off, getting ready to ascend and leaving his disciples with this but there's only 11, and it just feels icky, doesn't it? It's not this perfect 12 that had been there, because we know the backstory. We know it's not a good thing that there's only 11 there. One commentator said this 11 limps. It's just not what we expect it to be. But already what we see Jesus doing is calling the imperfect church to do God's perfect work. We already see that happening here. We already see him being active in that call. And then also remember, they watched Jesus die on the cross. But now, here he is in front of them, the scars in his hands and feet. But yet, what did some of them still do? They doubted. They still doubted. Sure, they worshipped, but there was still doubt in their hearts. And what did Jesus do? How did he react to that? Did he waver in giving them this great commandment? Did he scold them or judge them or call them out even about it? Because you know he knew. He knew they were doubting. But no, he didn't. He stayed on purpose because Jesus understood who he was dealing with. 
He knew their hearts. He knew they were sinners and that they needed him desperately. They needed this call. They needed this purpose. And so I ask the question of us is do we know who we're dealing with with ourselves? Do we know we're all sinners? And that we go into this world and we are these disciples that we're sinners trying to share the good news with other sinners. We're all on the same playing field. We all need Jesus the same. And it's easy for us to look at those questions and beat ourselves up and be very critical. Why didn't I do better? Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. I've not shared my testimony one time with anybody. I don't even know if I have a testimony. I didn't talk about Jesus. I didn't even invite anybody to church this year. I don't know how to do those things. And we get very critical, but even worse, when that happens, then we start turning to, but you know what? I did more than she did. I did more than he did. I was there, and they didn't show up. That's the culture we live in is this comparison culture. Everything has to be so-so. Everything has to be perfect. But that is not at all what we need to do. It's so dangerous to start comparing our discipleship walk with other people's discipleship walk. That's why it's important to have this reflection time, this one-on-one time, to look within our own hearts and let God lead us, not let someone else's life over here lead us or let us think that we're doing enough when maybe God is calling us to do more you see these disciples weren't perfect and neither are we and we remember this part we remember how personal this is how personal this call is on each of our lives to go and make disciples Jesus didn't say go to church once a week He didn't say, go and serve every now and then. Go, live your life in a way that the world will think makes sense or is acceptable. That's not what Jesus said. He said, go, be disciples who make disciples. Live radically in a way that makes people go, that person's crazy. And I don't know what they have, but I kind of want it. That's what Jesus is saying here in the scripture to us and to those disciples, and that's what they did. That's why we are here, is because they heard that call, and they went out and they lived it. And the reason we can do that today, and the reason those disciples did it, is because of that very important word, therefore. Therefore. You see, all authority, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus and he gave that authority to those disciples and he gives us that authority today to go in his name to do his will to accept his love and share that love with as many people as we possibly can therefore we are an imperfect people who are called to do God's work through the strength and the power and the authority of the perfect one. What would happen? What would truly happen if we lived, we woke up in the morning and we believed that? That that's the authority that lives within us. 
the king of the world through the Holy Spirit wants to live and operate through us. What if we truly believed that and lived it out every single day, every single moment? This world would be different. And this world would be different because we would be different. We're celebrating a new year, a new time, and we were all ready for it. We were all ready for some newness. But we can't remember, as Stephen was saying, that we just celebrated this new birth in Jesus Christ who came here as a babe in a manger, helpless, and he lived his life on purpose. He died on purpose, and he resurrected, and he ascended, and he sent his Holy Spirit to us so that we could go and live with that same authority and have an opportunity at new life, new creation. When we accept that truth, we must be different. We must change. We must evolve to become more like Christ. If we don't do those things, if we aren't changing, if we aren't becoming a different person and allowing God to bring on that newness in our lives, then we are missing the point of Jesus. And here's the hard part. The hard part I don't want to have to say, but that I feel in my bone of bones and heart of hearts, and I think God's heart is breaking over, is I think we are missing it. I think the big C church and these little C's churches are missing it. And here's a big reason why. I always try to put data where my mouth is, where I feel conviction. And in a new, a new research study that's done every single year, we know church attendance is down. Look around. <laughs> How many people are we missing? How many people are not here that used to be here? We know church attendance is down. And you can blame whatever you want to blame. But we know it's happening all over the world. And in this survey, when people were asked what religious affiliation they associate with, if none were a religious affiliation, it would be the largest. None. Friends, that should startle us. It should fire us up. We're missing it. Because we aren't listening. We aren't living out what God has called us to live out as disciples in this world. It's easy to point the blame. Adam and Eve did the very first sin in the world. He made me do it. She made me do it. They made me do it. Yeah, it's easy to blame. But we have to take some responsibility in this. Because we have been washed by the water. We have been claimed as gods in his kingdom. And we aren't being disciples in this world that so desperately needs Jesus. William Barclay says, every Christian must look on themselves as a link between two generations. Every Christian is a link between two generations. And when we come back to those questions, if we truly are a link between two generations, are we doing everything we can possibly do to ensure that the next generation 
is experiencing God's love the way we have. So that when they experience through us God's love, then they can show it to the next generation and the next generation and so on and so forth. We are called to do God's great work by sharing the good news and being a good news people and living it out. And we have a special opportunity today to not only come to this table together, bonded together through God's great love, but also an opportunity to remember our baptism. It's something I think we should do all the time. Because you know what? Jesus was repetitive. And he was repetitive because guess what we do a lot? We forget. We forget who we are. And myself, Tom, Stephen, Betsy, Kyle, we can't disciple for you. We can disciple you, and it's an honor, and we love it. But we can't disciple for you. But when we remember our baptism individually, we remember what this water does. This water has made you new, a new creation in Christ, a disciple, a child of God who has experienced God's deep love in our lives. And we remember this. We remember this meal. See, Jesus didn't make this complicated. He didn't give us a lot of deep theology and doctrine. We've done that. <laughs> he gave us a meal. He gave us this simple element of water. But I feel like we're clenching our fists and holding tight and not wanting to let it go. So we're holding on to it ourselves instead of releasing it and letting it go in all that we do and in all that we say. But remember, we can go and we can do these things. And we can forget about yesterday and we can start living today in a way that reflects who God is in our lives. We can start right now doing that because of who God is. Because Jesus has all authority of heaven and earth. And he has given that to us through his Holy Spirit to live that out in this world. Let's prepare our hearts to come and take part in this meal together and to remember our baptism. Let's uh, prepare to say the confession and pardon together.